Good afternoon, Hope Covenant Church. Pastor Brian here. This is Quotes from Quarantine, Episode 6. Again, we're recording live from Studio 1A here at Hope Covenant Church. Sitting across from me, as always, is Rachel Lassen. She is our Director of Worship and Youth. And then we have two guests today, two special, special guests. Rachel, would you introduce our guests this afternoon? I would love to. Hello, everyone. Um, Happy Tuesday. To my right, we've got... um, the famous, well-known, funny lady that is Beth Moffat. There we go. And she's famous for a number of reasons. One is that she just uh, recently did a little uh, a little, little ditty with a rock. That she did. And that I was, voted for her. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, Beth also helps volunteer with our youth group. And when I first um, tried to get her on the team, I said that there was, I said, yeah, there's about like 15 or so like students. And the first night... We had about 33 students, so she won't let me forget that, but she's been a trooper. And one of the things that we will work with Beth on is that uh, in order for us to hear her, she'll actually have to hold the microphone up to her mouth and, and right. oh yeah, she's mouthing that she gets that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then. I will. Thank you. Okay. Oh, there we there, there we she are. is. There's there she that. is. Yeah. I hope. Yes. Um, and then to my left is my neighbor from across the Woods, yeah, across the way, Gary Noble. Hello, Hope. Also our church chair currently, and does a lot of other little things around here. Just a few. Yeah, so welcome, Gary. Thank you. And Gary works from home now, so he had a little bit of flexibility to be able to come into church today and and yeah. be part of Quotes in Quarantine, episode six. So we're going to have fun today. Um, and again, just for those that are listening, when we do hope, uh, Quotes in Quarantine, uh, we anticipate or we try to make these edifying, encouraging, and a little fun. And so we begin with fun. Now here's the deal. Uh, Rachel typically carries the mantle of being fun, but I have temporarily uh, asked that if I could hold that mantle and lead us in a game today. I'm tired. Yes. Yes. And I'm I, scared. And I want to <laughs> carry the burden. Right. So we're going to play a game today. It's called the Initials Game. I am a fan of sports radio. So K-fan. I fan. Yeah, K fan. So I, uh, I I do love listening to music, but I really would prefer listening to people talk about things and sports in particular. And I know as a pastor, I should be listening to, for faith things, which I do, but I love a good sports conversation. Oh, no, you're already losing me. I know. So I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll okay. bring it back. So KFAN, on every Friday morning at 826 in the morning, they do what's called the initials game. So the way that initials game works is they have two letters. And all of the words that we're going to be looking for begin with those two letters. So it's two words, two letters, two words. Yes. I have, on average, six clues for every phrase. So it's the three of you that are going to compete in this game, Gary, Rachel, and Beth. I'm going to give you the initial right now. So the initial for this game is TC. TC. So every word, the first word will begin with T, the second word will begin with the letter C. Now, I will read a clue, and I have six clues for every word. All right? The way that you chime in is you call out your name. So if, Beth, you think you got it, you're going to say, Beth, it is, and then whatever answer you think uh, it is. Now, this, again, Beth, this will never happen to you, but let's say Beth were to get it wrong. For that particular question, Beth is no longer able to answer. 
So that's how uh, it goes. Uh, every point, in, every word is worth a point. So for seven rounds, so seven words, whoever gets the most is the crown, the first ever Hope Covenant Quotes and Quarantine initials game. So quick, tempered with confidence. Correct. Correct. Right. I'm just saying over here, I'm a chili champion. So you are. <laughs> back away. Now here's the deal. So this <laughs> is a self-inflicted wound on your part because yeah. you've you are sore by the fact that people have accused the competition of being rigged, but and yet, yet you still love to bring it up. Right. I think it's a, a mixture of I like getting people riled up. And and all I have to do nowadays to get people riled up is say chili. Chili champion. Chili champ. Well, if I really want to get them riled up. That would be CC. And then they'll be like, you didn't win that championship. You bought it at the store. And I'll just be like, shrug my shoulders. Literally, Jonah, last week right. at lunch, it brought it up on his own accord <laughs> that a, he said there's a rumor on the street that Rachel literally just went to the store, bought the chili, put it in a crock pot, and hit start. Like, that was that was his, like, that was separate rumor, conversation. Which I heard he got from another kid in his class. So, again, and it just is funny right. to see how this all kind of carries out. All I know is I don't know if I'm going to be participating next year. All right. So the initial is TC. Yes. Here is round one. Clue one. A 2004 musical that featured Val Kilmer and Adam Lambert. Clue two. Twice connected to filmmaker Cecil B. DeMille. Oh, shnikes. Gary. Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments is correct. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. Good job. All right, here are my other clues on this, because I'm proud okay. of these. Includes murder, famously connected to Mel Brooks, uh, mentions mothers and fathers, and finally, in 1956, Charlton Heston played Moses in this film. I think I would still be like, mm, the children? <laughs> like, I don't know. All I can say is I'm not going over. Yes, that is true. You will not be skunked now. Do you know who Charlton Heston is? Rachel? Honestly, I'm not good with names. So this might be a struggle. Yeah. There's actually a guy in my church, or my previous church, who had the beard and the whole nine yards and had the facial structure, and that was his name. His name was Moses in our church. I mean, that wasn't his legitimate name, okay. but, but that's what he looked like. Big, tall guy, too. Uh, super good dude. All right. So that was Ten Commandments. So one point for Gary. Here is round two, clue one. Connected to the 2000 NBA draft. Clue two. It is 29 years old. Clue three. Has connections to Billy Joel, Metallica, and Garth Brooks. Clue four. It, it currently contains two cat-like animal mascots that play here or their representative teams do. Clue five. It recently went through a major renovation. Final clue. It has a target for a logo. 
Mary. The ta- Rachel. Target Center. Oh. Target Center is correct. I played by the rules. <laughs> right. Hey, it's new. It's new for me to be playing by the rules. So. That is true, Chili. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. So there we go. Two points for Gary. Here is round three. Okay. We're okay. ready. This one, uh, again, while I gravitate to sports-related questions, not all these are sports-related. In fact, this one will not be sports-related. There's hope for us, Beth. There is hope. All right. Uh, round three. TC are the initials. First clue. Former Golden Globe winner. I'll say it again so I don't biff it. Former Golden Globe winner. Clue two. Featured Winston, Charles, George, and, and Elizabeth. Clue three. Spans decades. Clue four. Debuted in 2016. Rachel! The Crown? The Crown is correct. That is correct. Uh, Good job. Clue five was critically acclaimed Netflix series, and clue six was British royalty. Wow. My heart's beating. Um, Have have you guys seen The Crown? Only the title. I tried to watch it, and then I got bored. I'm not sure... So I would go back. Season three, yeah. I don't think is as good, but season one and season two are really good. I couldn't the, understand. The is it like a real? It is based on real events. Okay, well that helps me. Like I was like, if this is just a fake story about royalty, it's I not, ain't interested. It's not a fake story. Okay. They legit do follow the life of Queen Elizabeth and her ascension to power and her family dynamics. There's obviously Sweet. embellishment, but they have tried to be as realistic as possible. Then I might need to go back. No. It's good acting. Again, the first two series or the seasons have really good acting. The third is maybe a little suspect. I'll check that out. And there's one episode that's a little inappropriate, but for the most part, it's actually pretty family friendly. All right. Uh, that was uh, That was round three. Here's round four. Uh, one point for Rachel, two points for Gary. Beth, you are still in it. It is anyone's game at this point. <laughs> As she has her microphone yeah. on her lap. <laughs> no, I, I'm in it. I'm in it. Here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Connected to a death in 2001. Clue two. Often features significant cuts. Clue three. Happens every summer around the middle of July. Clue four. It used to take place in Mankato. Gary. Training camp? Training camp is the correct Uh, answer. With a question mark on the end. (laughs) Back to sports. Training Uh, It happens right before preseason. And then clue six, HBO has a show called Hard Knocks about this. There was no way I was going to get that. Really? Yep. I was thinking like The Calling. Okay. Well, we have three more. And I promise you that the next three have nothing to do with sports. Praise. That may not help. Okay. So at this point, uh, Rachel, you're in this game. You could win. And yes. Beth, at best, you could tie at this point if you were to, to clean house the next three. I just need you to embody empathy. I, I am working on that. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <In Yeah>. right. <laughs> Let's have a meaningful connection. Yes. And, and never forget the stability of worship. Absolutely. Boom. All right. Round 
I don't know, four, five, five. Here we go. Clue one. He divorced all his wives when they were 33 years old. Clue two. He could have, but chose not to be Iron Man. Clue three. He started acting thanks to an injury. Clue four. He is connected to the Church of Scientology. Gary. Oh. Tom Cruise. Tom oh. Cruise. I was so close. Is correct. Oh my gosh. I literally like did research of interesting facts around Tom Cruise. All his wives he divorced at 30. they were all each 33 years old when he divorced them. I thought that was Thomas Cromwell until he went to the next one. And I, my clue five was he once was caught jumping on Oprah's couch, and he is best known for Mission Impossible. So this whole game, in the back of my mind, I've been waiting to say Tatum Channing, Tatum Channing, Tatum Channing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We'll That'll that be next, Gary. Yeah, that could I'm be. Thanks for the answer. as well. Just saying. Yeah, when this actually plays on KFAN and they hear the initials, I immediately just try to come up with a list of all the words that I know <laughs> with those two initials, which is about two words. I don't right. get very far. But all right, here's round six. Uh, TC joined the Army Reserves, but his nearsightedness kept him from serving. Clue two he died in 2013 at the age of 66. Clue three. His first major hit came out in 1984. Mm. Clue five. His first major hit was entitled <gasps> The Hunt for Red October. Gary, Tom Clancy. Of is course. Correct. Hey, this is what I'm, this is, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that comment, but I'm just saying. I you have guys, come up with an eclectic. That is true. This that is, is true. I'm a Renaissance man. You are Renaissance. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you know what you're talking about. Uh, clue four or five was more than 100 million copies of that book has been printed. Wow. And his most famous character is anyone? Jack Bauer. Jack <laughs> Jack Bauer. That's that's a different show. But yeah, no, I mean, Jack 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 Ryan. Jack Ryan. Ryan. Jack Ryan. Jack Bauer was twenty four. Yes. I knew Jack. I don't even know who this is, but really, yeah. Huh. I know random trivia. This is pretty random. John okay. Krasinski is currently playing Jack Ryan, right? Ooh. Correct. Uh, in in the Amazon Prime show. Yes. Yeah. Which I only saw one episode. It was okay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, last round. Uh, TC, I only have uh, three clues because I think that we probably don't need more than a couple. These two may. Uh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, can the person behind the soundboard mute Gary's mic, please? All right, last round. An abbreviation for two major cities in a Midwestern state. Great. I think Beth got it. Go ahead, Beth. Go ahead, Beth. It's you. Twin cities. That is correct. Woo! That is correct. No one got skunked in this game. Right. It was close. It was close. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you just make that one up? Yeah, I did. I needed another one because I needed an odd number. I'm like, ah, oh, Twin Cities. Twin Cities. And Rachel really got I mean, it's not my first, paper, but she's but, yeah. just too nice. That is true. No, you got it, girl. So uh, for our very first uh, round or uh, episode of Initials, we do have a winner. It is uh, that is Gary a fun Noble. Game. 
Yep. And I think we'll try to do this, do this again because there's yeah. lots of initials that we can can. Play. But this yeah. time, what we're going to do is we're going to transition to um, just allow uh, Gary Noble, our church chair, just to speak a little bit about kind of what's been happening over the last couple of weeks and just his perspective as a leader and uh, and just how do we continue to lead well through this, again, weird season that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, w- I was thinking about this and no one... I mean, no one really saw this coming and what it would do to individuals or congregations. And it's been interesting, all the meetings we've had, just kind of what's next. And it's always been day to day. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of figuring out what to do. Um, but there has been almost like a silver lining in all this. And I think some of it's connecting with our families again. Agreed. Some of it's um, learning technology for some of you mm-hmm. and uh, learning that. Um, but for our church, it's kind of a time to take a pause on the building. There are a lot of things we love about this building. There are things that um, could use an improvement as an aged building. And there's not really a good time to do some things when you're here week to week to week, and there's always people here. Um, so we've been looking yeah, at one of, one of the things that I've discovered, I, I apologize for interrupting, but one of the things I discovered here only being here six months is how much this building gets used. There are so many different groups, both internally, Hope Covenant uh, Ministries, but also a lot of outside groups. So to your point, this building is usually being used some way, somehow. Literally every weeknight. Yeah, and many people don't realize that. Right. Yeah. You have American Heritage Girls. You have BSFs. You have a homeschooling group that uses it on Monday. That's right. Yeah, we really use this building. So I didn't mean to hijack, but yeah, to your point, this building is often very much used, and it's hard to get work done on here. Well, and... And uh, even doing something in your own house, like for us, to re-carpet, it's like you have to move everything out of certain rooms. And it's kind of like that with the church, too. So when do you hit the pause button? So we've got an opportunity. We've been looking at things like, how do we refresh this? Um, when we all come back, which we hope is soon, <laughs> yeah. um, there's going to be a lot of compelling reasons to come back and have community. But I think we also wanted to put like um, just some freshness into the building, kind of a spoiler alert kind of a grand reopening Mm -hmm. and uh, there are some things we can do with lighting that we're looking at uh, retooling the kids zone and having like an actual check-in for security and just kind of peace of mind Um, so some of those things are kind of secondary to the actual comeback when we get to see each other so I'll call them frosting on the cake right Mm -hmm. so when we paint and refresh uh, that's frosting on the cake so we've got some opportunities here just to kind of really freshen some things up yeah and we've done that um a, a number of the spaces around this building have gotten a nice fresh coat of paint and i think the room i think the building feels brighter it feels uh it feels like it's got a you know kind of a, a fresh fresh feel to it so i was gonna say gary f p is this the initials game fresh paint <laughs> oh fresh paint <laughs> all right <laughs> i lost that one fresh okay. paint there was but, no hints <laughs> no but it, it is nice i mean you paint your bedroom you paint your hallway you come home it's just kind of like uh um a new day kind of and that's what we're yeah. looking forward to kind of a new day when we all come back and um we hope it's noticeable some people say oh no one's gonna notice that but i think people will notice yeah and from a leadership perspective the the lts met the last three wednesdays um and continuing to look at things like finances and just strategic values. Um, how do we continue to thrive as a church and innovate? Is there anything you just want to say from a leadership perspective um, that just would, again, encourage people by just knowing that, that we're not done? And, um, and the LT has been a really important piece in that. 
Yeah. So the other thing I was thinking about is just we've been on leadership model for maybe three, four years. And every new person that comes on is just quality, servant heart, uh, integrity. They all bring their certain set of skills, whether it's human resources or um, backgrounds in financing, things like that. So uh, as we meet, there's always um, great input, good discussion. And I would say just kind of be patient with us because this whole COVID-19 thing is a moving target. And we're trying to just kind of keep up with state regulations and everything else, but also know that people are needing to be connected with. Um, I've noticed that myself, that being connected um, is huge. I'm kind of an extrovert and need that time to see people. And I know Sandy and the elders are doing the whole care connections thing, which yeah. is awesome. And I want to give them kudos for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Beth, I, I didn't warn you on this, but you know, since you're here, uh, you've had a chance, even as a as a leader within youth ministry, to continue to stay connected to to kids, to our students. Why does that matter? Why does that matter to to maintain that connectivity with our young people? Well, they need to know that they're cared about, yeah. that we love them, and God loves them. And it's been fun for me to write letters yeah. and reach out. I don't know how they feel about getting them. <laughs> but You've gotten a couple letters back, I, though, right? I did. Which is really cool, I think. Yes. Yeah. That's so sweet. It, they just need to feel connected to mm -hmm. our church. That it's, they're with their family almost exclusively, but yeah. we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. Yeah. You're important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are. Yeah, and that's such a good word. We've said this over and over again. The building may be closed, but that does not mean that the Ministry of Hope Covenant has ended or is in hiatus. In fact, there are things that we're con we're doing probably more than we've done before and trying to continue to stay connected and, and yep. care and, and create meaningful right. points of discipleship with our with, yeah. with a broad scope of generations. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm so appreciative of Beth and Gary for, for stopping by for a couple segments in our Coastal Quarantine episode six. And at this point, we are, we're going to send them off uh, and uh, with our gratitude for, for adding to the value of today. Thanks, well, thanks for having us. Yes. And all I can say is it's good to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say BTQ, back to quarantine. Yes, back to quarantine. All right. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Beth. Um, so uh, one of the things that we've been doing is uh, we've been, again, trying to do a little bit of combination with uh, quarantine and also connecting it to confirmation. And we're doing something just a little different. So basically what I'm going to do is in a matter of like three minutes, I'm going to highlight what would have been in a confirmation, our next confirmation lesson. We've asked our confirmation students to, to listen to these podcasts in part because we are still transmitting content mm -hmm. and helping them continue to stay connected with our coursework and this is one of those ways that we've liked to do that it's back to confirmation for everybody correct and then the everyone can everyone minutes. can benefit from it i can't stop thinking of letters because i'm like btc yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay you bring us forward so uh so this would be session 21 and uh, this is god sends prophets so the conversation is prophets and again this is we're gonna do this mm -hmm. uh, in pretty quick order so there are 15 prophetic books in the bible uh we often think of uh Prophets and prophecy as uh, as fortune tellers. That's kind of the the modern connotation when we talk about prophets or prophecy, but that's not what we mean in the Bible. Okay, it means something a little different. When we talk about prophets. We talk about Israelites who have had a radical encounter with God and who are called by God to speak on God's behalf. And so there's an emphasis here on partnership. 
God poured himself out and the people are then called to respond to that. And the prophets are, their calling is to bring that kind of that covenantal relationship back into people's attention. So a prophet's job is to remind people of who God is and what he's done and the relationship that he's established with his people. And then the responsibility of the people then to respond back into that relationship, into that covenant uh, with the Lord. Another way to think about uh, prophets is that they're, they're covenant lawyers. Okay, that's another kind of language for them. And a lot of what we see in scripture is that they're called to invite the people, the Israelites, to repent. And when we talk about repent, we mean turning. So think about moving one direction to repent then is to turn and come back to the direction of which they originally became or came from. Um, they would also have the uh, not so fun job of letting people know what the result is of disobedience and, uh, and the consequences uh, of that. Prophets were not uh, necessarily very popular people. They lived on the margins of society. And people didn't always pay attention to them, in large part because they didn't always have the most polite and fun and, and happy-go-lucky message. Uh, in some ways, their writing were often kind of seen as, as a resistance to the power system of the day. So their writing often kind of got put in this category of resistance literature. Because what they were doing is they were calling those in charge, those that are in leadership positions, to account for the way that they've led people astray. The biggest three uh, prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And then there are 12, which would be considered more kind of minor prophets. But at the end of the day, they also spoke about hope. And they spoke about the character of God and his desire to be in relationship, to be in a covenant relationship with his people. So that's, in essence, what we would have covered uh, for this uh, session on the prophets, which is a huge piece of nice. scripture. They're, yeah. Again, it's a big piece of the Old Testament. Yeah. I think, like, when we think about prophets, we think about, like, amazing people who are willing to stand up and declare, you know, the truths of the Lord. But at that time, like, they weren't popular. No. So that I was just reminded of that as you were talking. And just the reality of how hard it must have been for yeah. them. There's crazy stories in yeah. Jeremiah and Isaiah where these, and Ezekiel, where these characters and, and others as well, like these characters were not people who were very embraced by right. uh, their yeah. culture at the time. Yeah. But they felt, because they, again, they had that radical encounter with God that they felt like they, they had a message that God was calling them to speak to. Yeah, sweet. And so um, the other thing we've done with confirmation is we've asked students to ask questions that they're curious about, and then we've created just a little space in our podcast to wrestle with it. And this question today, again, I love every question that these students have been asking. But the question was, how do we know what's science and what's God's work? Oof. Yeah. And I, again, That's awesome. I, I love this question, and I really appreciate the inquisitive mind that's behind it. Yes. So let's begin, it's important to begin with the question itself. There is an inherent assumption in the question, and I would believe that most people have it when they think about these two things, God's work and science. And that's their basic, two basic ways to look at the world. It is either through the lens of faith or the lens of science. And as Christians, I think sometimes we get caught trying to figure out, well, how do we look at the world? Do we look at it through the, the lens of faith or do we look at it through the, the lens of science? And, we, and there's kind of this pressure to kind of choose one or the other. 
So it totally makes sense why we would get questions like this. And I think it's also important to recognize, yeah. especially in a public school system. And I'm not saying anything, I mean, again, I'm a supporter of public education, but when you talk about the separation of church and state, sometimes it also can be a separation of church and science. And that there's a lot of work to kind of separate these two lenses by which we look at the world. So it makes a lot of sense why a student would respond and ask these kind of questions, because this is the way our culture is conditioning us. So my response, again, is an entry point into a much larger conversation. If someone's looking for a deep dive on this, I'm not going to give that to them because it is going to feel a little reductionistic. And for that, I'm going to apologize. But again, I just want to kind of paint kind of a big picture here. The narrative of the Christian faith is that there's a personal and powerful God behind all of creation. This means not only did he create essence and matter, but he also created it in a way that he also sustains it and that he also redeems it, but that he also gives us the tools and the knowledge to study it and to make sense of it. See, I have the deepest respect for those who hold belief, a belief in the existence of God and the Bible, and who are also very committed to science. These are, are not mutually exclusive pursuits. There's a lot of, a lot of crossover here. And again, I think of like, I think of the, uh, Francis Collin, who is the head of the Human Genome Project. He's one of the most respected geneticists in the world and is also a deeply committed follower of Jesus. So what if, here's the question that I would come back with, what if the work of science is part of God's work of discovery? What if science is part of God's work to bring healing? What if science is part of God's work to reveal himself in the crazy complexity of the world around us? So what if? What if God's work includes the work of science? What if we treated them as part of a whole in the grand design of the life and the order that God created? What if we did more work to harmonize than we did necessarily to differentiate between this is your work and this is God's work, this is science work, but what if science work mm -hmm. is a manifestation of the work that God has called us to do? Yeah, I love that. In college, I all of my roommates were biology majors, and I was like a ministry major, so five other roommates. And I just couldn't believe, I mean, the stuff that they were learning was so detailed and so beyond me. But I was just in awe. I was like, this, this is crazy that we've even learned this much. And to me, I mean, it just pointed to a, an intelligent creator yep. behind it. And yep. so it was just so cool being able to get a glimpse of that um, from my roommates in college. Yep. So... Yeah. So I think one of the gifts that we can give to our young people in our congregation as whole is how do we continue to find ways to harmonize? How can science continue to help me foster that curiosity of scripture and curiosity of God's movement? So, yeah. um, so Rachel, we're uh, in a really important week and we've been talking about it Sunday. We talked about Palm Sunday. This is this is Holy Week. And we're going to be working hard this week to, to put out some devotional opportunities for the church since we're, we're not having a good Friday service and, and just ways to continue to reflect on the significance of this week in preparation for Easter. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, a quick uh, tidbit of an interesting fact is that an archaic and infrequently used name for Wednesday of Holy Week is actually Spy Wednesday. It doesn't get used very often anymore, but, but it used to be called Spy Wednesday. And it was named for, for Judas becoming a spy for the Sanhedrin. Wow. That is an interesting fact and also sad. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. So uh, so this is Holy Week, and, and this is Tuesday that we're recording this. The next time we'll record will be Thursday, and that'll be Monday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Monday, Thursday is this uh, Latin word for a commandment, mm-hmm. which is connected to communion. Uh, this command I give you, and to do this in remembrance of me. And then we have Good Friday. Then we have what's called Holy Saturday. And then Easter morning is on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, what I've asked Rachel to do for us today as we close our quotes in quarantine is to read a passage of scripture from the Gospel of Mark. And this text is, is really interesting to me because it shows up again in the midst of this chaos of this last week of Jesus' life. This is coming from uh, Mark uh, th- uh, 14. 14. 14. And uh, it's just a beautiful story that kind of sits in the middle of this kind of chaotic mm-hmm. space. Yeah, one through nine, right? Okay. It was now two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teacher of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile... Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. So I just encourage those that are listening just to sit with this text from Mark 14 and to acknowledge the beauty that's in this text. Jesus calls what this woman did as beautiful. And I just think that it's important in a week where we're preparing for uh, for um, a trial and um, torture and eventual crucifixion, some really kind of uh, really dark elements um, that there's there's these glimmers of beauty uh, in the text and in this week and it led me to just kind of write this question where is there beauty in this week of struggle both for Jesus and, and his disciples but also in our own world where is there beauty this week as we get ready for for celebrating the the death and then the resurrection of Jesus where is there beauty 
how do we hold on to that in the midst of just a lot of unknown uncertainty and frustration and where's their beauty hope coven as we uh, continue to walk through this week we know that what's weird for us is also weird for you that uh, as we get ready for easter we are getting ready for easter in a way we've never gotten ready for easter before and so we're aware of, of, or at least we're working to be more and more aware of, of how life is uh, impacting you and, and how all these changes are impacting you and, and finding ways to care well for you and to draw you deeper into to God's word. We, uh, we've said this a couple times now and we'll continue to get information out about what we're calling Easter in a bag. They're in the process of being constructed as we speak. Um, one of the elements that we wanted to put in there was an anchor, and that'll make more sense on Sunday. Um, at this point, the anchors are coming on Friday. Uh, Amazon kind of slow, slow danced us on uh, some of the shipping. And so uh, for those of you that are, are able to come pick up the, your Easter in a bag, we invite you to do that either uh, Wednesday, uh, I'm sorry, on Friday or uh, probably preferably on Saturday. Uh, morning from nine and to noon. Uh, we will on Thursday have kind of a special edition of course in quarantine that will be kind of Holy Week focused. And again, like I said, we'll be having some content that we'll be putting out there, maybe a couple of uh, videos or devotionals that will again try to um, bring us deeper into just the profound mystery and beauty and uh, trajectory towards life uh, that this week ultimately points us towards. So that's uh, that's episode six of Quotes in Quarantine, Hope Covenant. We uh, and those that are listening, we we care for each of you, and uh, please let us know how we can continue to to walk alongside of you, um, point you in the way of the cross and the way of the empty tomb, as we get ready for this uh, this most uh, holy and special of all weeks. We'll see you soon.